Now, somebody's just been back on to us, uh, Keith, you mentioned the base scheme. It's based on Merchant's Road, by the way, there, and um, just on Merchant's Road, just down, down from Oxygeneration uh, towards the Chamber of Commerce there on the right-hand side there. And uh, thanks indeed uh, to uh, Michael and the crew for bringing that to our attention. Michael Castley and his wife have come home to... Uh, to run that as well, so we wish them the best of luck. Now, they want to go to a subject which is, I suppose, close to a lot of people's hearts, and that's uh, teaching. And I'm joined in studio, so I am, by Garrett uh, Fay, Chief Executive Officer in Cygnus um, at Academy of Trust, and Emma Kane, who went through this programme last year. Uh, Garrett, good morning, Chip. I'm sorry if I uh, made a dog's dinner. How do I pronounce it? Insignius, is it? Insignus. Insignus. Yeah. What does it mean, tell it me? It means remarkable in Latin. Thank you. So we're in Cygnus, all of us today. <laughs> the Insignus Academy Trust, this is all to do with teaching in the UK. There is, is a shortage of teaching teachers. Yeah, we've, we've had a shortage of teaching um, staff in the UK for a number of years now. Um, the ability to recruit um, graduates into teaching in England, has uh, we just haven't been able to get the number of graduates every year that we need and uh, the government has continually missed its targets. So... Um, what we always try and do is to try and recruit from overseas if we can, and I've always liked to recruit from Ireland, and having gone through the process myself of um, going over there to, to train. Um, wow. Uh, you, are, you are from Dublin. You married a Galway girl, though. I did. Yeah, so did. that's 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 what brings you well. So you know, you know Galway fairly well. I do, I do, I do. So how does this work then, can I ask you, please? So we've, we've got a number of different routes into teaching, um, and... In the UK, they've had to be quite imaginative and creative about uh, creating routes into teaching. Um, and one of them is the apprenticeship teacher scheme, which is a, uh, a salaried scheme. So uh, the trainee uh, gets paid for the entire training year. Um, and then we use our apprenticeship levy, which is a pot that we pay internationally, uh, to then cover the cost of the training that actually takes place. And we work with Coventry University to provide the uh, training. And that means that at the end of the year, uh, the, the graduate gets the um, postgraduate certificate in education and they get their initial uh, quali- uh, qualified teacher status. Mm-hmm. And then they've got to go on and do their probation year, uh, and two years. What, what base level of education do they have to do this? So it's, it's, uh, it's a degree level. Um, so they have to have the yeah, basic have degree. degree. Yeah, have to have a degree. Any Irish university. Any Irish university. And it's generally a degree that has um, an alignment to the subject that they want to teach. Um, there's not all you can. You, there is some wiggle room with that, and I think I mean, we will be able to talk about that. Um, but in most cases, it's 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 fairly aligned. So somebody who's done um, uh, a science-based degree could choose to go and teach in maths, and they just have to do then a uh, a subject needs um, assessment to make mm. sure that they've got the maths knowledge to be able to teach it. And, and are you having a roadshow in Ireland and in Galway then, or where can people get details on this? Yeah. So. Uh, NUIG are very good in terms of holding um, re- education recruitment fairs um, and we've been coming to NUIG since about 2018 actually mm. um, and they have one today um, it's in the Osborne building um, on campus and we'll be there there'll be other recruiters there as well um, offering different routes I think the difference with us is a lot of the other recru- recruiters you tend to find at these events are, are, are agencies Whereas we're actually looking directly for our schools and to give people the opportunity to build a career in teaching in our schools in England. Emma Kane joins me as well. Stay with me, Garrett, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Emma, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, you're from Kildare. I am from Kildare. But you spend a lot of time around Galway. I do. Doing, uh, doing what? Oh, well, I have been in and out of Galway since I was about 16, working it in the Grail Tucked for quite a long time. Um, but I went to university here and I did my undergrad and that's what I was doing about this time last year. 
I was in the final year of an Irish in law undergraduate degree uh, when I came across Insignis and Garrett at this very recruitment fair that's on at three o'clock this afternoon in the Osborne building. And I had been very passionate about education and wanting to get into teaching and mm. had been involved in it for many years. Um, but a barrier to me was kind of the cost of the PME here in Ireland. Um, PME being? The Masters in Education yes. needed to go into secondary teaching. Okay. So for me, when I came across this route whereby you are, it's on the job training. So you are in a classroom from day one teaching, which was right up my alley. Um, and you're salaried while also receiving your teaching qualification fully funded uh, within a year was just the most attractive route for me in terms of being directly in front of students from minute one and then training while on the job. So you are immediately putting into practice the uh, teaching methodologies and the best practices and seeing experts around you. You get to put them into practice straight away. Wow. So it was a really attractive route to just dive headfirst into so this it role. it fulfilled what you wanted rather mm -hmm. than going the master's route yeah. and then and then go looking for a job in Ireland then. Absolutely. And what was it like then kind of upending here and going to England then for its commitment to three years over there? Yeah. Do you know what? I think were it not for the organisation I'd gone with, I think it would have been very challenging. I know others who have gone the agency route whereby you're kind of independently placed in a school and have not had success with that route. It can be quite challenging. Whereas to be recruited directly by the school, there is a level of comfort and ease of transition there whereby the amazing people at Insignis helped me to move across, helped me to find somewhere to live, um, worked with me on any documentation I needed to move over. So from day one, I suppose the advantage of going a kind of school's direct route is you have that immediate An exciting support. restart though for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just been a really positive experience. Cara, just in relation to, so it is really a three-year project. Well, it's a year on the job, as you said to me earlier on. Uh, but then it, it is a three-year project because you want them to stay on for two years. Yeah, so it's, and that's not massively different if to, say, a student who completes the PME over here. So the PME here is uh, two years of a, uh, a master's qualification with, uh, you know, different placements across the two years. But then once you've completed the two years, you've got to, um, you've got to complete, I think it's uh, 320 hours of probationary uh, teaching in a, in a school or schools. And I think mm. there's a, a five-year limit that you have to you have to complete that because unfortunately at the moment so there's not many full-time roles available to to PME graduates immediate, immediately. So the two-year and you have to fund years. that yourself here. Sorry, in Ireland you have to fund that. Well, no, people will get paid in those roles, okay, but they okay. tend to be more part-time because you know a school might need uh, you know two-thirds of a of, of a French teacher for you know yeah. two days a week. And, and that can be very difficult, particularly on the East Coast, where it's even more expensive yeah. you know, to, tr to try and fund it across a number of different live, schools. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the, what we call the uh, Early Career Teachers Programme, which is that two years after qualification in the UK, it's, it's very much the same as the probationary period here. Um, and the ECT two years is um, guaranteed reduction in timetable for the two years while you're finishing off your uh, QTS. And it eases somebody into the into the fully qualified professional elements of the job. Mm. Um, and then what you hope is that at the end of that um, probationary period, 
that they're then ready to fully take on uh, additional responsibility and full-time timetables and other things like that going forward and they can start to build their career from there. And is there a minimum amount of years that they have to give to the programme, as in once they're finished? Done? No, no, no. So once, once, you've, once you've completed your ECT, which used to be called the newly qualified teacher um, probationary period, once you finish the ECT period, then you are fully fledged qualified in the UK. And could, and could you pack your bags when, at the end of the three years and come back home to Kildare? I could, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with QTS, I suppose the freedom it gives you is it's recognised in where a lot of Irish teachers are going, is it's recognised in the likes of Australia and New Zealand and further afield. So it's a really kind of transferable qualification in terms of where you can take it and what you do with it. Um, so yeah, I can absolutely come home or I can head further afield. It's a no-brainer really, isn't it? Mm. It is, but like what we found in terms of talking to people is that they're worried about it being, um, they're worried about it being, uh, it, where's the catch? Because it sounds a little well, bit too good. Where is the catch? Well, there, there isn't one, but it does sound too good to be true. And the, the big issue for us is it's just so difficult to recruit that having a novel idea like this is an easier way of getting people into the profession because they're, they're funded for the training. Years ago, there used to be salary teacher routes in the UK and... The, and um, they slowly evaporated, particularly after the, the crash in 2008. So this is, has come online in the past um, few years to kind of replace that. And how, many would you, how many teachers would you have on the go currently as in Cygnus? For, complete teachers? Yeah, yeah. And the, the total staff across our schools at the moment is just under 500. And we have about uh, 25 people, I think, training um, at school, at the schools, in, in diff at different levels. Currently, no. Yeah, so some people are doing the unsalaried route, some people are doing the apprenticeship route, um, and there's well, a couple of other they, routes. Why would well. they do the unsalaried route? Well, some people like to do the unsalaried route. Mm. With the unsalaried route, you're not te you're not learning on the job, so you've got more time out of the classroom. Um, that suits some people. Mm. You know, th there's different routes now. Interestingly, Irish candidates. Um, are able to apply for the the unsalaried route, but then with the unsalaried route, you've got you've got to pay the nine thousand pounds fee yourself through a student loan. Yeah. So Irish graduates moving to the UK are able to set up a student loan. They're able to access that as well. Mm. But then they've got to also meet all their living costs and everything else. And when they graduate, they've got a student loan then to pay as well. Mm. So the apprenticeship route is a, is a, is a handy one. Uh, because so you, at least with no debt. So Emma, you won't have any debt at the end of this? Nothing. Whereas were I to have done the PME here in Ireland to do my Master's in Education here, I'd have been taking out a student loan for the kind of 10 grand that it costs. Plus whereas, living. Yeah. Um, whereas over in the UK now, I'm fully salaried in the position that I'm working, which is five days a week. I am in the classroom from eight to three every day. It's amazing. Um, but it's fully funded, so I have no student lo loan, no cost for the qualification I'm getting, and I'm salaried on top of that. Wow. Well, t three o'clock, you were saying there were today that it's in the Osborne building. Yeah, Osborne building at, um, at the university. And then what we are doing then tomorrow, we're at the Harbour Hotel tomorrow, and we, um, we do interviews then on the, on the, the following day. It sounds slightly more onerous than it is. They're not real interviews. What, what they are to get, are to give people the opportunity to come and interview us. Mm. So they're able to take away the information packs that we have, do some research, and then come back and ask us whatever questions they want. Because we then get a feel for how interested they are by how much they come and ask us. Mm -hmm. And then if um, everybody likes it, then we'd fly them over then for a proper interview in one of the schools and they get to see the place as well. So can I just ask you then, just um, for today then, three o'clock, the Osborne building, I don't know where the Osborne building is, but it should be well signpost. Yeah, it is. It's, it's very close to um, 
the Bailey Hall and where the, the Bailey Hall, yeah, yeah okay. very, very, very close to it. Okay, and then from, so you'll be there three o'clock to uh, five. Five o'clock. Yeah, and there'll be others in the room as well. There will be. Yeah, yeah. There'll be other providers as well. As well. And are you going to be there? I will indeed. Back to the old alma mater. Yeah. Yeah. Back right it's along. <laughs> it's, it's rag week now. Don't get involved. Don't get involved in rag week. Do you hear me? No. Staying yeah. away from that. <laughs> you're not saying a definite no. So you're not to me. You have to go back to work tomorrow, so you do. I know. Yeah. I have not, to be careful. Not too early. Um, it sounds sounds too good to be true, but you said it is, and that so be it. So. Where can they get further details? If they're listening to us online in Dubai or otherwise, we have a, a great listenership at this hour of the morning. Where can they get details on this online? So, uh, insignus.org.uk is the uh, trust website. So, I-S-I-N-S-I-G-N-I-S is how you pronounce it from there, or spell it from there. Guys, well done to you. Thanks to you for joining us. Let me know you got on because a huge amount of people would love to get into teaching and if it takes only three years in the UK to do it and they're paid for it and... Lovely experience to have in the UK as well. You have your weekends off. You do? Yeah. Weekends off and you're just in the classroom. Guys, thanks for joining us. And Emmy Kane, thank you for joining us as well. Last year's uh, recipient, or last year's participant actually, uh, joining us in the studio. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. Further details. So if you want to ring reception here, we can put you uh, in detail. www.insignis.org.uk for further details from there. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. Morning to you. Ask the Dentist, brought to you by Gate Dental Clinic. Let's keep Galway smiling. Don't wait. Call the gate on 547-592. I'm joined by Dr. Ryan Delgado joining me in studio. Brian, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Good morning. Um, we were just talking just off here there about infection control and all of that in, den- in dentistry. That's all a very important part of it. It's a huge part of dentistry. Cross-infection, I mean, is, is very important because of the you know, volume of, of patients that we see. Um, and how close proximity, bodily fluids. Um, so it's a, it's a huge part of dentistry and there's a lot that goes behind the scenes that actually people don't know about, you know. So, I mean, you have to be so careful. And I suppose, really, I suppose COVID would have even made it more intense uh, on everybody involved in this. I mean, COVID, to be honest, affected probably a lot of other businesses much more than, than did us because we already had a lot of measures in place. So yeah. it was just literally tweaking a few things here or there yeah. uh, and following COVID guidelines. But, I mean, we had pretty much, I'd say, 80-90% of it set up anyway. And again, it's very important from a dentistry point of view that the whole um, sterilization and disinfection. Exactly, because, I mean, uh, the bottom line is that there is infectious diseases. Um, you, you don't know who's got infectious diseases, so you have to really look at everybody as a potential. Mm. So that, that level or that of cross-infection that has to be maintained uh, in a dental setting is actually very, very high. And would you ever come across then somebody that would have, say, an abscess um, or, or a contagious something or other in their mouth that you'd even have to be careful with? Uh, yes, and, and, and you know what is very contagious, actually, is cold sores. Um, so we actually won't treat someone with an active cold sore. Wow. Um, because it, the, the, it can spread so easily. I mean, um, so, you know, situations like that where we can, when it's something we know that it's very contagious, um, and it's not an emergency situation, then, you know, we just normally rebook the patient. But I suppose when people go into the dentist, um, they are, you know, they're thinking about being there and they're also thinking about getting out, I suppose. Not that they don't love you to bits and pieces, Dr. Brian Delgado, but they're looking at getting out. Oh, uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, but behind the scenes, then you have to make sure that when they do get out, uh, that they haven't caught anything. Exactly, and, 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 it, and it's getting the, 
that surgery ready for the next patient. You know, there's, there's a lot of that not only goes in the surgery, but then into the decontamination room uh, where instruments have got to be processed. I mean, and there's a, there's a bit of a, a cycle to process these instruments, you know. I mean, normally really? we start, I mean, I'll just go over, like if someone's just had a procedure, patient leaves, um, the nurse is taken to the, those instruments into the decontamination room and then we have a sterilization nurse in there um, instruments are washed. First of all, they're washed like in a... It's a washer. It's pretty much like a, your dishwasher at home. Mm-hmm. Um, those get washed, then they get visually inspected under a magnifying glass, and then they're wrapped and put into the autoclave. So the autoclave is, is the most important because th- there's a difference between disinfection and sterilization. So disinfection, yeah. really, it's a lot of it is, is cold sterilization, so it's, it's fluids. It's what you use to wipe a surface with, which reduces microorganisms but doesn't kill all microorganisms mm. now the sterilization is is the autoclave um, where the instruments will go up to 134 degrees um, so do you mean it's all that process like the, the the washer could take 10 or 15 minutes and the autoclave could take another 15 to 20 minutes so do you then have to have multiples of these then exactly to keep a functioning uh, dentistry going exactly so there's, there's a process there's a cycle of, of getting the new instruments out storing them ready for the next patients and, and getting the used ones going through when it's a multi-purpose um, multi-surgery practice sorry um, then obviously that just act, adds a, a lot more effort and work into it because there's a, there's a few dentists mm-hmm. and there's a lot of instruments being recycled and can I ask you how many dentists do you have in so we have four dentists and they because of of the expenditure involved they have to be kept busy so then the backroom team exactly it's kind of like this hotel manager yeah or the football manager and the team you've yeah. got the team that have to have it ready exactly and there's a lot that goes behind it and and we have a sterilization nurse that will be doing that but then there's a day that the nurse is off sick so then nurses have to step in and do that work when do you mean so it all can get complicated when when we're all like fully staffed it goes to plan and then things have got to be tweaked when when we get nurses off sick for example i never thought of that you know that yeah it's it's it's, it's in a month of sundays you kind of expect you go you sit in the chair you get your treatment done and you go again but you never think of the behind the scenes yeah i mean like hospitals have a, have a big uh, decon room and and we have the same kind of extent but obviously to, to a smaller volume you know mm. machines are smaller and everything's smaller but the, the, the process is pretty much the same and do you have to have, you know, the, what, what goes up to that, that, high, that high temperature? Do you have to have a few of those machines? So we have two, yeah. Um, one, because of volume of work. And two, it's, it's um, backups. Mm. Um, do you mean if, if you only have one and one goes down? You pre- you're closed but, for the day. You're closed for the day. Yeah. 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 Well, you'll you last another hour or two or whatever long and then that's it. You're closed for the day. And that's not ideal. That's not a deal. <laughs> and then the catch-up, you know, that comes up with this. You yeah, know, how, yeah. how many days are going to be closed and then how much volume you have to... Yeah. One of those things. Well, I, I suppose it's important that we talk about uh, what we're talking about so that it gives people um, confidence when they go to see you, Dr. Brian Delgado, or another one of your colleagues indeed, um, that this is going on behind the scenes. I mean, I'd say like in, in, in small businesses like, like this, um, autoclaves, which is where yeah. the high pressure... Um, I'd say that was only dentists used to used to use this, but nowadays, I mean, you see that have been moved on to, say, for example, to two parlors or health beauticians where where they use equipment where they might be infected with blood, and then they need because there's no kind of regulations regulations for some other businesses, mm. but a lot of them now do use autoclaves as well. 
Wow. And an autoclave then is... An expensive piece of machinery. That's what it is. <laughs> is it? it sure, it's yeah. everything to do with dentistry. Everything to do with dentistry is expensive, yeah. Everything, it's us. It's, it's I mean, it's, 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 a, it's like a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. in the sense so it has to increase the pressure there to about 15 bar in order to get that temperature to rise to 134 degrees so and does it cool them then as well it it depends on the autoclave depends on the cycle so you can get them to to dry and cool them and dry them as well but then again the drying cycle adds more time to the process so it's a bit like it's a bit like having if you compare it to the dishwasher at home where you've got yeah, five yeah. cycles one will take 20 yeah. minutes and the last one will take three hours, you know? Yeah, 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 depending on. And again, I mean, if you're shouting for a new set of kit out in the surgery, it, does that put pressure on people? You know, if you need to say, look, I've got rid of Keith Finnegan now and I've got <coughs> Mary Jo coming in. and, and, and To be honest, we, we we tend to plan ahead for that. So we know, like, from... Because the book won't change. I mean, it'll always, it always can always change slightly, but, you know, from day to day, yeah. we'll know how many kits are going to be needed for the following day, etc. Uh-huh. So, and we've got backups. So it's just a little bit of forward planning. Wow, it's, it's a great docu. There'd be a great t- TV documentary in it as well. Oh, th- th- there is, and, t- and to be honest, sometimes we get the, the technicians coming in to service an instrument, and and you learn a lot from them because it's like, oh, we got this new equipment out now, and this one can do this and this, and you're like, wow, yeah. really? You know, and it's technology is changing everywhere. You know, yeah. it's a bit like, and, and treatments are changing as well. Exactly, yeah. I've had psoriasis since I was a child, and it's particularly bad since last October. But I had an appointment with the doctor this week. Ah, good Lord, I didn't realise how how the treatments had changed. A bit like dentistry, the whole treatment process has... Yeah. It's gone from ointment, it's gone for much further than ointment. Yeah. So dentistry is just the same, yeah. so you have to keep up with it, really. You have to keep up, because, I mean, th- th- things are changing, I mean, and there's new treatments, I mean, and treatments that were done in the past are no longer being done, and things mm. are tweaked and changed, and... I mean, it's, it's yeah, I mean, you can't stay stagnant in any profession. So, well done to you. Want, if they want to get further details, we'll play the jingle now again, so we will. But again, just um, to confirm again with Dr. Brian Delgado, it's done right, sterilisation and indeed infection control done to the highest standards. And uh, well done to all involved. Thanks very much. It's, it's nice to see, it's nice to get behind it, lift the bonnet and have a look. Uh, thank you, Dee, for joining us. Ask the Dentist, brought to you by Gate Dental Clinic. Let's keep Galway smiling. Don't wait. Call the gate on 547-592. Now, oh, very good morning to you. Welcome into the programme. I'm delighted. To have, I, I would class him as a great friend, but I'm not a great friend back to him because I'm, I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Uh, but Father Jeremoth Hogan sits opposite me uh, today. Father Jeremoth, good morning to you. How are you? Keith, I'm very well. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> Where are my roses? I expect a rose. There's a secretary out there at reception and she hasn't a rose or a chocolate or a flower oh, oh no, outside. She's, she's eaten them all. It's disappointing. We had, we had scones and we the had poor jam. Crater. We had everything today. <laughs> Listen, we haven't seen you in a long time. No, you're, Keith. You're, you're looking good and healthy and good, so you are. I haven't been here since COVID, Keith. No. Those were really special Sundays, weren't they? I, I was only saying that last week. Um very special yeah. and, and Mark and myself and yourself here and and your colleague indeed and um, and Bishop Brendan at the time but yeah. you're, you're yourself and you were just I found every time during those Sundays and you felt it too um, a very, very real spiritual. emotion a very deep emotion yeah, yeah. it did it did it, it was so special and I was I, I can tell you now but every Sunday morning I was nervous why <laughs> Keith? I was just nervous of just that it would go right because it it, it made such an impact on people out yeah. there. 
And I mean, the people from all over the place that listened into it, it's just magical. Yeah. Magical. I, but you I, knew I was nervous. I was called to one of the hospitals on an emergency once and the gentleman was very low and I was called to an eye. I was covered in the hospital and I introduced myself. He said, I never heard of you. And I said, I know, I'm in or and more, I'm just covering. He said, but I know the voice. And I said, um, well, I, 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 and he's, yeah. He said, you were on the radio for COVID. You're the voice of COVID. It's lovely to meet you in real life, Father. <gasps> and I, I hadn't, wow. I suppose I hadn't realised until subsequently no. the impact that you and Mark and I and Galway Bay FM, the station had on, on, people who were struggling, who were locked in, who were who were oh, housebound, yeah. that we were, um, I suppose, uh, and the, the voice of ordinariness and the voice yeah. of but support. We are. I yeah. mean, I'm an ordinary person. Yeah. Mark has crossed my line. You're from County Clare. Yeah. I'm from, the, I'm, I was the only Tony amongst us. Yeah. But it was good. Come here to me, um, Lent, it's, it's changed. Today is the beginning of Lent. It's, it's yeah. changed, though, down through the years. Is it still, it's not as strict as it was? I suppose, Keith, I was thinking coming into the car of what you were going to ask me. And when I think of you, particularly, in re- I think of, of the COVID times. And there was nothing good about COVID. There was nothing good. People struggled. People had bereavement, grief and loss. But there was also something about COVID that drew us together. Yeah. And that changed us. Like I wrote to people during COVID that I'd never written to in years and years I established new new connections with people who I had got who 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 I had forgotten or neglected or overlooked and covid was a very it was a unique and very special time and I don't want to just say lent can be like that I I don't think lent really was ever about giving up stuff about not doing I think there's a lovely greek word I don't know much greek I know very little greek but there's a lovely greek word which is metanoia and it's the biblical greek for a change of heart it's mm. about changing direction. It's about letting things go that need to be let go. You know the Alcoholics Anonymous prayer? Mm. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I think a lot of us are struggling to change things in our lives that really require acceptance. So are you saying, see, I'm, I'm about to make a major yeah. change in life, but are you saying you that change in life, um, which I'm, I'm very happy, by the way, yeah. and healthy, which I think health is everything when you yeah. talk about things. But when you, you say, would you be saying to people today to think outside the box with Lent and just embrace it and go on that journey with it? 40, the, the number 40 in biblical times, was always considered to be the length of time that somebody needed to make a change. Mm. So there, the, the Jewish people were 40 years in the desert, changing from Egypt to their promised land. Yeah. Um, the, the, the flood was 40 days of Noah and the flood, which changed the world from being a place of evil to being a place that was blessed and kept by God. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. It's, it's the time that... So that's why we believe it takes to change. So, for instance, why a month's mind? A month's mind, I think, is it takes that time. If and you've been bereaved, Keith, and I have, it takes that time to even begin to feel and to come to terms with the reality. Funerals are always so busy, so much to do. It takes about a month or forty days 
to kind of make fundamental or real changes in our life. If you, I know you don't smoke, but if you smoked and you told me you have the cigarettes given up for two days, mm-hmm. I kind of wouldn't believe you. Or if you're going out with a girl and you say, oh, it's the real thing, and you say, when did you meet her last weekend? Not long enough. Mm. It takes a significant length of time, and in biblical times, it's about 40 days to actually make real and, 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 and lasting changes. And I think Lent can be embraced as, a, and I see civil, civil um, entities as well take Lent as, as the ideal opportunity to say, to get, to get fit. Mm. Or to give up the cigarettes, or to leave aside alcohol, and it's not—it's mm. not always for religious reasons. It's not always for um, for spiritual reasons. It can be an opportunity to take on the challenges that we ignore or avoid at other times of yeah. the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think it's about giving up sweets. It's about becoming the person you're capable of being. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, and that really, I suppose, kind of summarises it. But and it doesn't have to be drastic, by the way. Um, it can be that you you stop and and you ponder. I think a lot of people are going through life currently. Um, as it's a journey, and they keep going and going and going and going yes, and going exactly. and going and going without reflection, without thought, without figuring. So what we've done is, and it's no secret, I've told the listeners, but we we've at least five days out of seven. Uh, we head off for a walk, a five, six, seven kilometre walk. Just All the, the staff in the station? No, just the two of us, okay. John and I. Just the two of us. And now, come on, please. Um, <laughs> But you know what? It's 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 a reconnection, and yeah. we're at home. We're on our own at home, so we are, and all that kind of stuff. But like, it's just to get out into nature and step off, step away. I don't bring the mobile phone with me. Yeah, leave it at home, or leave it in the office here, or leave it in the car, and just step off it. And I don't want to bring this back to COVID again, but this studio reminds me so much of COVID. There were some things about COVID where we could reprioritize what's important to us. Yeah. Let go things that are holding us back and holding us down and go back to family, to friendship and to faith. Mm. And I think that would be um, an invitation for Lent to go back to family, to friendship and to faith. Yeah. And the other stuff, the other peripheral of giving up. Sometimes also, I, I used to work in the colleges, you know, Keith, and I used to find particularly that was particularly obtuse to be asking students to give up food because there's a lot of young people that don't eat enough. Yeah, they're hungry anyway. They're, they're hungry anyway and there's a lot of stuff around food and about not eating and about not eating this and not eating that and about weight loss and about self-consciousness, about body image and there am I then telling people don't eat and starve and, and fast. Yeah. I think that a little bit of a little bit of fasting is no harm for the likes of me who carry a bit of weight. Mm. But I also think that um, sometimes the challenge of Lent is to eat properly and to eat balancedly and mm. eat healthily yeah. to to become the best version of yourself. I think that's really the fundamental of mm. Lent to become the best version of yourself. So that don't then, don't change yourself. Be yourself. Be oh, absolutely be the best version of yourself. Absolutely, don't be. Don't, don't be trying to be something else. somebody yeah. else. And then I suppose the, the spiritual thing is Lent is the 40 days of preparation for Easter. Then Easter is a proper celebration of you being the person that you were created to be. Easter is a real celebration then, not just of the resurrection, but a, a celebration of you finding your role, your presence, mm-hmm. your, your position, your place in life, in the world, and in the life of your family, in the life of your community. And do you know what I love? I love Easter. Do you? I do. And you're going to ask me why. I am, of course. 
I love Good Friday and I love okay. the service of Good Friday. I love the I love the fact that it goes over three days. Yeah. So you've got Good Friday, you've got Easter Saturday, and then you've got Easter Sunday. Yeah. And to me, I think I think it I think it just lent the journey of it. Yeah, I think uh, from the death and the disaster and the despair yeah. and gloom of Good yeah. Friday, the depths out of the depths. I cry to you, yeah. it's deep. Saturday, I've always found Holy Saturday a day of kind of it was a long day. There was about 48 hours in the day. Holy Saturday, I always found it a really long day of waiting, of expectation, of, of mm. waiting for something to happen. I love, no more than yourself, the Easter Vigil, Holy Saturday night. Now, I love it because there's drama. There's fires yeah. and there's yeah, water yeah, yeah. and there's Wash potential for and all that, the yeah. stuff, for so much stuff. It's magical. But in the bottom of it all, Easter Sunday morning is renewal new beginnings start over so we celebrate the resurrection of Christ but it is also a resurrection for us I, as I'm getting older Keith I'm finding winter harder just find winter harder back at you ah oh, yeah back at you and I have a thing about Easter as new beginnings as the winter is 100%, gone 100% yeah. 100% um, t- I, I hate the dark mornings and yeah. I hate the dark evenings Hate is too, too strong a word. It doesn't do you good. You're allergic I to just, it. Just, yeah. and I'm up early anyway. Yeah. I get up very early in the morning. But it, it saps your spirit. But this week now is the first time that I believe in the house that you wouldn't have to have the lights on outside or yeah. something to leave. It's, it's yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's a past life I have or otherwise. So listen, what, what would you recommend that they do for today as we begin Lent? Today, if you've forgotten, it's Valentine's Day. And if you've forgotten, you've still time to buy flowers on the way home in the, in the I was going to say, the Esso station in, in Circle okay, K. Can, can we be honest? I'll, I'll do it very quickly. I just find Valentine's Day is just a very commercial day. Is, if, you, yeah. if, you can't, if you can't show love to the people in your life, I don't mean immediate people, I'm talking about yeah. all of the people in your life. If you can't show love to them each and every day, why just go overboard on a... On a there's a lovely thing that it's allegedly came in from the Pope today. Yeah. Um, but I won't have time to read it. I hope I'm not contradicting the Pope. Uh, no, but it's about being nice all the time rather yeah. than being nice for one day. But for men particularly, and maybe maybe for women too, there's a lot to be said on it for a day like today that you, you, you actually verbalise it. We tend to yeah. feel things, but we don't often say it. To but you don't take it for granted. Tell her, tell him today that, you know, I love you. Mm. And maybe to explain why why I love you because mm. and it's also Ash Wednesday is, and yeah. what I'd be saying for Ash Wednesday it's 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 a 40 days ahead which is a nice human time gives us an opportunity to become the people we're capable of being and the people we're called to be Well James Hogan thank you for joining us uh, today it's, it's it's just it's lovely it's lovely to see you again it really is and uh how is your, your, your colleague doing well? In, is, is doing Charlie, well, first of all, Daniel, who Daniel was with us for Daniel so long. Is Daniel is now installed as the Sagart Poroshta in Spittle, and he's thriving. But he, he has the gift of, of joy in him. He's the, that innate gift of joy. Good. Charlie is good. Charlie Sweeney has come from Saltill to marry, and he's loving it. And good. why wouldn't anyone love marry? So the next time I'll be um, walking that beautiful pathway in on speed jet, I'll be going into Daniel for the cup Do of tea. So I will. Do you know who's coming in your stead, Keith? In this chair? 
No, I don't. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't be interviewing you. I wish them them well. Father Jamie, thank you indeed for joining us. I just wish them the very best, and I said that on the day in question. I hope they get as much love and kindness as I've got out of all of this, I have to say. Now, on tomorrow morning's programme, Thursday's programme, Ireland must uh, foster creative thinking skills and students are fall behind, says the uh, big idea. Connick Tribune headlines, a local constable calls for Ash Dieback Task Force. We have financial advice with Dave McCarthy of McCarthy and Associate. Culture Corner tomorrow, we're looking at yoga and free meditation and yoga in Galway. We have ours to protect. We're looking at biofuels, so we are from there. And uh, Music Mornings, we've got Chris Cresham coming into us. He's released a new single, Back to You. And uh, we'll be looking at that uh, tomorrow morning on the programme. Plus other issues, indeed, as they've come the way today with us, we'll be uh, getting to that. And we'll be giving you an idea of what to expect coming all the way from Lena and this coming Friday morning. Uh, we're coming to you live indeed from Lena, and we're hoping the weather will be a little bit better than it currently is uh, to get to Lena. but we'll be coming from there this coming Friday morning with Community Matters and we'd love your company from there. Don't forget though, throughout the day today, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Comments, C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S at goldwaybfm.ie. That's comments, C-O-M-M-E-N-T-S at goldwaybfm.ie. Thank you to all the team that made it um, possible. Thank you to all the... Um, People who dropped in biscuits and scones and all of that type of stuff. We had a lovely, a lovely, lovely uh, day today here. And a happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you, wherever you're listening to us today. And we love all of you, by the way. As Jeremy said, we have to tell people that we love. We love everyone today. Today is the day we love everyone. Thank you indeed to John uh, Morley who produced today. Thank you to Siobhan for taking all of the comments. Mark is next. He's in for Ronan all of this week. We'll talk to you tomorrow live from Studio One just after the 9 o'clock news. Have a good and a very safe Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.